you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member, you'll know a thing or two about an expertly packed capsule wardrobe that balances business and leisure. So you can go from conference sleek to cocktail party chic with a few new accessories. You can hustle from 9 to 5 before exploring with ease from 5 to 9. Because you're the chief excursion officer. The Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know business. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Growing up at our place, you know, purple and gold was everything. We wore purple and gold to church. Before he became a country superstar, Tim McGraw was a star on the field. He grew up in northern Louisiana and went to what was then known as Northeast Louisiana University on a baseball scholarship. It was a small school, so Tim and his friends gave their football allegiance to the mighty LSU Tigers. He's had more than 20 number one hits, great songs like Live Like You Were Dying and Humble and Kind. He's also an accomplished actor with big roles in not one, but two classic football movies, The Blind Side and Friday Night Lights. But wherever life takes him, you'll find Tim McGraw at home every Saturday in the fall watching his beloved Tigers. Like the song says, I like it, I love it, I want some more of it. I'm LaChina Robinson. Those sweet, funky sounds you hear are the Budos Band. And this is Huge Fan, the podcast where stars talk sports. Now, please welcome Tim McGraw, Louisiana State University Tigers Huge Fan. so much for joining us, Tim. Uh, we're really excited to have you and want to talk about your LSU Tigers. Oh, yeah. Um, and I guess I'll start with uh, what was it like growing up in a small Louisiana town as an LSU fan? I mean, growing up in Louisiana, of course, we had crawfish bowls every Saturday. So every Saturday we were watching football, especially when I was in college. I went to college at Northeast Louisiana University, which is University of Louisiana at Monroe now. But, that, but LSU was still the the school that we all rooted for. I mean, that was our state school and that was the school that we all rooted for. And, and we made a few trips down, down to death Valley for, to, for some games when I was in college as well. Unfortunately, I don't remember too much of what happened at those games <laughs> because of the tailgating that was going on. But uh, yeah, we had, we'd, we'd turn the TVs up. We'd have people over at our house. We, my roommates and I in college, we lived right on a bayou, and my roommate had a ski boat, so we were skiing all the time. So we would ski all Saturday, watch LSU football games, have a crawfish bowl. It was a big party. Or float kegs. You know, it was a big party when I was growing up. I mean, tailgating, crawfish, all of that sounds good to me. And I think tailgating is an excuse sometimes to forget a thing or two. So. For sure. Uh, but when you, when, you, when you think about your earliest memories of an LSU football game, what were they like? Oh, wow. I mean, my earliest memories were certainly, gosh, five, six, seven years old watching football games on Saturday and living to see an LSU football game. I mean, that was I was a big sports watcher and, a, and an athlete my whole life. I played baseball, basketball, football, ran track, all those things. But um, when football season rolled around, there was nothing like it. There was nothing like waiting for, for the Tigers to come on and, 
and sort of feeling like that's part of your soul because of being from Louisiana. I think that's the great thing about college football. And, you know, everybody loves pro football, but there's something special about college football because you can attach yourself to it in a different way because of being your state or being somewhere where you went to school or somewhere your parent went to school or somewhere your kid goes to school. It's in the DNA or the soul of, of people from Louisiana when you start that conversation about college football. And, and you mentioned you played yourself. What was your game like or what were your experiences like as a young player? Yeah, I, I loved it. You know, I I went to a small school, class B school in Louisiana. So we had baseball and basketball the whole time that I was growing up. So we had a really good basketball team and we would go to quad A tournaments and five A tournaments as a B school and win these tournaments. And our tallest guy was six one, maybe. So we had a really good coach who was one of the mentors in my life, Coach Butler. Um, and then I transferred to a private school because they I got scholarships to a private school and they take had taken my sisters along with me if I played football. So I went and got to play football for a season. And um, I was a pretty good athlete, I think. I mean, I was tiny. When I graduated high school, I was probably 5'10", 140 pounds when I graduated high school, but, but was one of the leading tacklers in the state at defensive back. So I, I, I was pretty mean. <laughs> but uh, baseball was probably my first love. I mean, I love playing baseball. It's, it, I, at even though early on I didn't know it, but it was in my genes, you know. So I played shortstop in baseball, wide receiver, defensive back, and, and basketball, and, and point guard, and basketball, and in baseball, and, and point guard, and basketball. You know, you didn't know at the time, but it kind of ran in your genes, and you grew up in Louisiana without knowing that two-time World Series pitcher Tug McGraw was your father. Um, tell us about the remarkable story of of connecting with him. Well, it, it's it's a strange and unique and a lot of twists and turns, but you know. I, we, my mom was um, in several abusive relationships when we were when we were young, and and her first husband, who I thought was my dad growing up, uh, was a truck driver, cowboy, um, one of these big hearted guys, but it was also could have had a dark side to it. So we grew up with with a lot of that, and my two sisters who were his daughters, and then she remarried again, and it was probably even a worse situation. But in the process between her. When she first remarried, I found my birth certificate in her closet. And um, I was looking for, I don't know, Christmas presents or something she had hidden in her closet. And I found my birth certificate. And on my birth certificate, it, I'd been going by Smith my, my whole life because that was my stepdad's name, who I thought was my dad. And on the birth certificate, it had Smith, had McGraw scratched out and Smith handwritten over it. And then it said my father was a professional baseball player, and then it had his name. And oddly, and, and of course, for for an eleven year old kid to see something like that, it's a it's a little bit of a freak out. But the odd thing about it was I had Tug's baseball card on my wall because he was one of my favorite players because he was such a character. So it it was um. And then I called my mom right away, and she came home from work and picked me up at home, and we rode around all day, and she told me the entire story of it, and it was a. Uh, it's a lot to take in, you know, as, as a kid. But I think, you know, I always look back at, at this one moment or, or this series of moments in my life. And I think, you know, people always say, how could you ever forgive Tug or how could you have anything to do with Tug? And it, and it wasn't about that for me. I think it, it gave me something, whether he knew it or not, um, but it gave me a fire in my soul that I could be something with my life that I could accomplish something with my life because of what he did and what he did with his life. And I thought that, okay, if he had that in him, then I've got that in me 
and I need to find out and figure out a way to find it and use it. Wow, what an incredible story. And thank you so much for sharing that um, with us. And um, I do have to ask, though, um, did you ever bat against your dad? And if so, what was the result? <laughs> I did. We, uh, the first time I went to Philly, he got me in uniform and he had just retired. He hadn't retired long. And one of my favorite players was playing second base because I played a lot of second base as well because the older I got, the worse my arm got. So I started, I was rotating around the infield closer to first base. But uh, played some second base with Juan, and he was showing me some tricks, and I got the bat against Tug, and I took him deep on the second pitch in, in Veteran Stadium. So I got to get a dinger off. Wow. Time. Yeah, yeah. Oh shoot! That now that's bragging rights for real, for real. Uh, I know. I don't know. I don't know if he served it up to me or if I just got a hold of it right. But I'm going to say I got <laughs> no. No one tug. He didn't serve anything up to me. No, no. I, I, he was quite the competitor. Competitor, yeah. and as you you called it, character. I'll say he was very colorful. Um, for sure. Very for sure. very memorable. Um, and thinking about just the atmosphere of football when it comes to LSU, for someone who has never been to the South and this doesn't necessarily understand um, just the craziness and the weight of it all, how would you describe um, what it's like? It's just, it's, it's, it's its own culture. It's its own sense of belonging. It's, it's a way that everybody attaches to each other in a unique way. It, it, it's, it's, it brings community together in so many different ways. I mean, some of the, when you go to Death Valley down in Baton Rouge and you go to the tailgates, I mean, you can only imagine how good the tailgates are down there with the food that they have. I mean, you can, you can walk and there's a, a big vat of jambalaya going. There's a big vat of gumbo going. There's a roasted pig happening down, down the way. I mean, there's so many, so many good food. Po' boys over here. It's just, it's some of the best food and some of the best atmosphere and some of the friendliest people you'll ever run across. And your favorite food? My favorite food? Tailgating day? Guy, on game day, my favorite, I mean, look, I'm a cheeseburger guy all the way, but boy, if I can get a roast beef po' boy with gravy on it, then, then I'm pretty happy. <laughs> A roast beef po' boy with gravy. That's my yes. first time ever hearing oh, that. Oh, come on. Wow. Come on. All that right, sounds all like right. a fantastic sandwich. <laughs> Next time there's a big game in Louisiana, we're going to meet up down there, and I'm, you're going to get a roast beef po' boy with gravy. Oh, man. I'm going to hold yeah. you to that because as, as far it. as I've gotten on campus, my favorite thing to do is go by Mike the Tiger's Cage. Oh, yeah, yeah. As an actor, you've been in two of the greatest football movies of all time. Um, was there anything you utilized um, from your LSU fandom or just in general love for football to channel into your roles on both Friday Night Lights or The Blind Side? Well, The Blind Side was a sort of a different animal. I don't, I don't think that, that I used football quite as much as I did just my experience as a, as a dad and a parent and, uh, na and navigating a powerful woman because <laughs> my, my, my wife's a pretty strong, powerful woman who I appreciate every day. And all of our daughters are. They had the best role model in the world with her as their mother because all of my daughters are very opinionated, very smart. They're remarkable young ladies. They believe in their convictions. They don't tolerate insensitivity or, or by, by anybody to anybody, especially to themselves. So that's a big plus, And I've learned a lot from them. Um, I'd say Friday night lights. I used the most of, and it was really a combination of look, my stepdad growing up, who was pretty aggressive. And then, you know, a lot of parents that you see, especially during that day and time, you don't see it as much anymore. I think because there's, everybody's got their phones out. So people try to model their best behavior they can when they're in public, but every now and then you'll see something. But some of the parents that I saw growing up and their reaction and, and how they were way less adult than some of the kids who were actually playing the game was 
was part of the model that I used. And there, and there was also some, a lot of my personal life with my dad and, and um, the things that I went through that, that really applied to the character that I was playing in a way. I was able to identify some of those things and use them as the character in Friday Night Lights. Um, are there any LSU moments that, or untold stories that you think could inspire the framework for a movie someday? Oh my gosh. I, I mean, everybody saw the Grey Ghost movie with Dennis Quaid, which was really good. Um, I mean, you know, there's so many stories. Pistol Pete Maravich, I think, would make a great story. You know, I think, you know, and there was a while, um, probably 10 years ago, that that we sat down and, and talked about that for a while, playing Pistol Pete. Although I'm six foot and he was six four or something, but, you know, they movie magic can take care of that. But, uh, yeah, we talked about a Pistol Pete version of something for a while but you know i there's so many stories in full i think sports are such a great metaphor for life that's what i think the beauty of sports movies are and sports stories are is because you're learning so many things along the way when you think you're just reading or watching about sports reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Game Day. All right, let's talk a little bit about game day. Your whole family goes hard for LSU. What traditions have you established as a family, if any? One of the greatest times I think that we've had was this last national championship when we got to go down to to New Orleans and um, got to play a concert before the show. And then during the show, we had um, my two daughters, Maggie and Audrey, Maggie's boyfriend. We were up in the suite. We were getting to hang out and watch the game. And see and watch the roller coaster ride of the game. Where the first half, we were pretty pretty nervous about what was going to happen and how this game was going to end up because it was it, we weren't lighting it up like we thought we would. And then turned it on in the second half, and that was one of the greatest times, the coolest times that I'd ever been to an LSU football game because I had two of my daughters with me and my wife, some friends, and uh, and to be able to be there and participate in it, be part of the concert before it, it was a pretty cool thing. I think I got in a little bit of trouble. Because during the concert, they wanted to be to be neutral, and I came out in an LSU jacket because because I you know I told oh. the guys I said look I'll probably get in more trouble with my fans if I don't have an LSU jacket on than I would with the <laughs> network, so I'm going for it. <laughs> um, what makes a game at Tiger Stadium, um, Death Valley, different from the game day experience in other places in college football, in your opinion? 
I think the intensity level and the noise is just so absolutely incredible. Uh, you know, nobody parties like Louisiana people. So like I said before, the tailgate that's going on before that sets the mood entirely before you go into the stadium. You know you're in for something when you're out there at the tailgate. But when you get in that stadium and the noise and you can actually feel the stadium moving in a lot of cases. I mean, it's just it's just one of the most intense environments I've ever been in in my life. And I always think in those environments, in that environment in particularly, and the punt returner, when so, when you're in that environment and that place is so loud and it practically vibrates when people are yelling and screaming and stomping, can you imagine catching a 50 or 60-yard punt with, with the rumble of the crowd and a herd of buffalo running at you and the way that that feels to the ground <laughs> and having to keep your eye on that ball and catching. I, I returned punts in high school and it's, I can't imagine being in that position. I, to me, that's got to be the single most incredible experience ever in that kind of environment at Death Valley is to return a punt, especially if you're on the opposing team. I was going to say with that defense, that LSU defense yeah. running at you. Oh man. I, I'd be calling fair catch as soon as it was punted. <laughs> uh, keeping with uh, Death Valley and Tiger Stadium, what are your favorite LSU traditions? Gosh, um, you know, Mike the Tiger is always a cool tradition just because we have that, you know, and, it, and it's part of our culture and part of everything that I've always known growing up at LSU. Um, you know, the purple and gold has always been just a just a huge thing at our growing up at our place you know purple and gold was everything we wore purple and gold to church even if, when there's when there's a lsu weekend playing um head coach ed orgeron he's well known for his intensity growly voice cajun heritage and ability to up a team and fan base i love his voice more than anything his voice is so unique but what is one detail about coach o that might surprise folks i think th that it, it's his emotionality because I think he wears his heart on his sleeve. And I think that the players read into that. I think the fans read into that. I think that you know that he's got your back and you know that he's on your side and he's going to let you know that. And he leads with his heart. And and I think that that goes a long way for players that want to play for somebody like that. He's the kind of coach that you want to rally behind. And, and every team needs, if, if the coach isn't going to be that person, then one of the players needs to be that person. And and luckily for LSU, we've got him to be that. And I think that he's just a rallying cry kind of guy and a guy that you want to play and bust your ass for. Um, those coaches, I think, are rare. Those come, they, come, they come along very rarely in a career of an athlete. You know, most athletes can go their whole career and never find a coach to play for like that. Um, not that that's the only way to coach, but I think that in a lot of ways, to be able to lead young men onto the field and make them play their hearts out for you is, is quite a gift. And, and coach definitely has that. Yeah. I was wondering what would happen. I was a big Les Miles fan. I was a fan of the Mad yeah. Hatter, you know, loved it. I bought into the whole thing and, and to see what coach O has done um, in his rise and how he's gotten there uh, has just been incredible. Um, talk about the dominance of that LSU 2019 championship season and what you saw happening with that team and with that program that year. Well, I mean, all of a sudden we had an offense. I think that that was the biggest indicator that I think that you can bring away from that, that 2019 season. 
you know, we always LSU's always had a great defense, and we've always been, but we've always figured out a way to not be able to move the ball forward. I mean, what was the the, the famous championship we had with with Alabama where we couldn't cross the fifty yard line a few mm, years back? I remember that. So we've we've always sort of trudged it out and trudged it out and trudged it out and tried to keep you from scoring. I mean, that's sort of been our mo for a long, long time. And to see the season start out with, you know, into the second game, you're like my my buddies and I from college, my all my Pi Kappa Alpha buddies from college, we get on a text chain when we're watching LSU games. And to see all of a sudden, holy smokes, we're opening up a little bit. And then the next week go, wow, we're really passing. Wow, we're in a spread offense. I mean, those are the things that I remember just as more than anything is it was a whole new era of how LSU attacked a football game. And I, I thought it was a beautiful thing. And, and, you know, all of us diehard LSU fans and, and, and armchair coaches have said that for years. We just need to open up more. We need to open up more. We need to open. And we finally did. Now, look, we had the, we had the personnel to open up more. And that, that's always key. And, and, and what, what really makes the coach stand out in those moments is when he recognizes that we had the personnel to open it up. And I think he took advantage of that. And I think that that was the reason that we had such a great year. And and we had our defense, as we always have. So LSU's always been, like, deadly and, and always had more talent than anybody on the field. But sometimes we were undisciplined. And to your point about personnel, um, how much – of the credit for the offense do you give to Joe Burrow, obviously winning the Heisman and, and the success he had? Absolutely a lot. I mean, you know, look, those guys come along rare. They're rare when they come along. And to have him in that lineup at that time with that coaching scheme, with that defense behind him and those receivers that he had, I think that that was the perfect storm for us to, to win a championship. Um, and, you know, now we're back. I think we, we we're back. We were back with five starters or something like that this year. So it takes a, takes a whole big re-examining of what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. In 2019, Nashville hosted the NFL draft. How cool was that for you as, you know, a Titans fan and someone who called Nashville home for so long? It was awesome. It was such a great event. It was so well done. And everybody in our city, our city leaders, everybody really stepped up to the game and did a great job. You know, I was involved in that from the very beginning. I actually made a phone call to my manager and he called Butch Spirit and who, who, sort of runs all these things for the city. And I told him, I says, look, we got to get this in Nashville because, you know, I think the one I'd seen was in Philadelphia. It was one, one of the first big ones, outdoor big draft things that they, they, they did. And they didn't have music or anything. But I thought, man, you can really step this up in Nashville to really make this a big event. So we talked about it. I actually went down to the football game and met with, with Roger Goodell for a while, uh, about a year before that. And we started planning it for a long time. And once we got it, we went full steam steam on trying to plan what this whole weekend was going to be like and it turned out i don't think it could have turned out any better i thought it was a home run i thought the city stepped wow. up i thought the nfl stepped up i thought the artists stepped up everybody stepped up to make it a great great event yeah it seems like anything i've ever been to in nashville i mean when you're in that downtown area you know just the bars the restaurants the music it's just this feeling of being alive yeah. it's a great vibrant downtown for sure um, Alabama quarterback Tua Tagovailoa quoted your song "Humble and Kind" in his draft announcement. He, um, you know, shared a couple words from Tim McGraw. Who are some other football stars that we might spot at your concerts? Oh wow! Um, you know, I've been friends with Jim Kelly for a long, long time, 
and who's one of my favorite people. You know, he's going through a, been going through a battle over the last few years, but he's he's a fantastic guy, just a big hearted guy. So he's always at my concerts every time I come up there and we throw footballs out. Um, Brett Favre, you know, has been a friend of mine for years. And gosh, Brett Favre and I have been friends since gosh '94. We become great friends during that year. We've been friends ever since. So he may show up at a at a show every now and then. And then Solomon Thomas out at San Francisco, he's been to a few shows. And, and I mean, you never know; these guys show up to the, to the shows. A um, couple of the guys, I won't name any names, but we were playing at a festival, and some offensive linemen showed up, and they were having a good time since early on in the in the in the game in the show. And so right when I walked on stage, about four of them come around me and, and I'm six foot and these guys are six, five, six, six guys. And they're all, around. I'm six foot, 170 pounds. These guys are standing all around me. And then my security guy, EJ, who, who was in the secret service and everything, but he's standing by me. He's one of my best friends. And he's a little bit bigger than me, but not much. We're standing there and all these guys are really having a good time. And they're standing on the side of the stage and they say, all right, when I like it, I love it comes on we're going to come tackle you on stage and then we're going to get up and sing. And I laughed and I laughed. I said, all right. All right. And so I walked off with my security guy and I looked at DJ and says, don't you let those guys come on stage and tackle me. And he goes, he says, what, what, what am I going to do? What do you want me to tackle? I'm saying, put your body between you, them and me. <laughs> I will tell you one of my coolest football moments. And, and I've been lucky to have an, a bunch, but early on in my career, Brett, asked me and a couple of friends of mine to come give, gave a sideline pass to come stand with the team at green Bay during a game. And we're standing on the sidelines and Brett standing over there. And this is when Reggie white was playing with, with green Bay. And so we're standing right on the sidelines and we're standing right by the first down marker and the play comes our way and green Bay's on defense and Reggie tackles a guy right at the first down marker and rolls us up and knocks us over. And Brett comes running all the way across the sideline. He's hitting us on the shoulder. Man, that was awesome. That was awesome. That was awesome. We got rolled over by Reggie White. What? That was one and of my coolest memories. Congratulations from Brett Favre. That, that, it does not get better than that. Wow. No, that's pretty cool for a bunch of guys. Well, before we get into our final speed round, I have to ask you a music question. You released a soulful album here on Earth. And the track titled Here on Earth reflects the album's theme of love, redemption, understanding, things we need to have more of in our world these days. But um, what were some of the life events or moments that inspired this particular body of work? A, I started collecting some really great songs that really were starting to form a little bit of a theme about life. And I wanted to make an album. I didn't want to make really a concept album per se, but I wanted to make an album that was a tapestry of life and had all these little cinematic vignettes of life that flowed through the album. And there, and I wanted a couple of tentpole songs that sort of said that, but gave the 30,000 foot view of life at the same time. And, and I also knew that once I've worked with faith for a while, that my voice is in a lot better shape because I'm having to keep up with her. I think she's one of the greatest singers on the planet. So to be on stage with her every night and try to sing with her is like a, a NASCAR trying to keep up with an Indy car. So I felt like that I was, if I was, if I was ever going to be in prime shape, it was going to be in prime shape after singing with her for two years. So I wanted to start recording because of that reason. You know, we recorded all these songs, and then Here on Earth became sort of the um, tent pole for the album, sonically and emotionally and lyrically of what it said. And it's we sort of built the album around that, and um, it, it just 
as we worked on it and as we were mixing the album, we finished up right after we recorded. I called mom and we started finishing up and that's when the world changed. And then all, all of a sudden, all these songs took on a, a different meaning. They had a, they had a, they, they had more of a root to them than what we thought originally when we recorded them. When we were recording them, we were, we thought we were recording some great songs about life. But as the world changed, we started thinking that we were, we were sort of recording songs that could be a catharsis for what was going on in life and maybe sort of an escape on one hand and a reflection on the other. And, um, we, we debated whether to even put the album out, but but we came down to the conclusion that these songs were, were exactly what was needed right now. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Crunch Time. Okay, time for the speed round. I'm going to ask you rapid fire questions and you give me rapid fire answers, okay? Okay. All right. You can't go to an LSU game without what? A fork. Best LSU jersey, white or purple? Purple. Who's your first LSU football hero? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, well, Joe Burrow will be the, the easiest one because of right now. Yeah. All right. Most heated LSU rival. Who do you love to beat the most? Alabama. No doubt. Period. Alabama. Period. I love for anybody to beat Alabama. <laughs> one word to describe your LSU fandom. Oh, purple. <laughs> I read somewhere that you get emotional around the house as you're watching your LSU Tigers. Give us your best LSU cheer. Hot boudin and cold couscous. Come on, Tigers, and push, push, push. <laughs> that was tremendous. <laughs> Tim, thank you so much for your time. This has been great talking sports and life and music and LSU football, obviously. Thank you. It's a pleasure talking to you. Go Tigers. And yes, go Tigers. You can find Huge Fan on Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and share so other Huge Fans can find us. And don't forget to follow the show or subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. On behalf of the Huge Fan Club, Mark Aflalo, Sarah Bentley, Justin Blasey, 
Rod Braxton, Bill Crandall, Rick Cutler, Unique DaCosta, Liam Davenport, Jen Derwin, Brian Douglas, Bevel Dunkerley, Jared Fox, Steve Gonzalez, Daniel Hercheck, Josh Horn, Mia Hung, Quinn Keeney, Andy King, Phil Lang, Steve Leeds, Sarah Mendoza, Sajin Morency, Doug Mortman, Natalie Nadimi, Rob Pepitone, Josh Solomon, Mike Spinella, James Sullivan, and Jake Wilson. I'm LaChina Robinson. Until next time, keep rooting your guts out. Go Budos Band! Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.